got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday to all my DCAers out there, because I know a lot of you have that strategy that Fridays are your DCA day into Bitcoin. What, what a good day. What a good day to DCA in when you got those low prices coming in. I know a lot of people look at those low prices and get upset or afraid, but a lot of you guys know low prices when there's blood in the streets, that is the day to buy. We're going to be talking a whole lot in this show about what you guys need to continue to do as you're thinking about your crypto future. But before we jump in there, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my team. I got Smay sitting over here at the technical director desk. How are you doing this morning, Smay? Hello, everybody. I love you. Bam. Nice, short, and sweet. I got T-Shroom sitting in Jeb's seat because Jeb is out today. He did text me, though, last night letting us know he will be back Monday. He thanks everybody for all of the prayers you guys have given for him and his family. But T-Shroom is here today. How are you doing this morning, T-Shroom? Much better than I deserve. Happy post-seco de Mayo, everybody. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. Seis de Mayo now. And the last person we are joined by all the way from New York City, it is Kelly Kellum. How are you doing this morning, Kelly? Covered in dog hair, but I don't care. I'm just happy to be here. I I know that feeling. I literally the other day on the couch was cuddling with my dog Beamer, got up, and I was wearing a black jacket, and he is like a gray and white dog covered my it was rough. Anyway, guys, we're gonna jump into it. So a lot of you guys are wondering, and that's the reason why we had the title of this video, Why Bitcoin Crashed. What is the reason? Because we thought speculatively, after that Fed announcement of 50 basis points rather than 75, we thought that the Bitcoin market would rally. And at first it did, but yesterday. Today, we took a major dump in the price action. We're going to talk about why that is, and it could have to do with news coming out of the UK. We'll talk about that in our discussion section. But the other question is not just why we crashed. Is there hope for a relief coming anytime in the future? And potentially, there's some news coming in the job market that might influence the Fed's decision on interest rate hikes coming in the near future. Make sure you stay tuned for the rest of the show as we discuss that. We look at the charts. We discuss the whole thing in general. But I have a quick word from one of our sponsors, and that is iTrust Capital. First of all, I want to thank iTrust Capital for allowing us to continue to have this show day after day after day. We could not do it without sponsors like them, but the reason why we chose them to be one of our sponsors is because they are all about protecting your crypto future, and a lot of people are always asking that question, how do I avoid paying taxes? Well, you don't want to do anything illegal, but when you invest with iTrust Capital and you invest in a future IRS, uh, IRA, excuse me, not IRS, don't invest in the IRS. When you invest in an IRA, that is a way to not only plan for your future to prepare yourself down the road, but also build up your crypto gains while legally avoiding taxes. If you do not already have an account with them, make sure you do that today. There's a link in the description down below. But it's not just sponsors that keep this video going. It is all of you guys, especially our members, those green names. Smith, do you want to read a couple of those green names for us this morning? It would be my pleasure. Uh, here we have Sultan of Salt, Elliot Locke, Agent Gold, Cyberfix Online, SEO, Houston, Texas. Oh, I love that guy especially. Crypto Couple, Matt C. Uh, crypto Couple again, Taryn Crypto, Christopher McFarlane, Groovy, Tristan Williams, uh, are you related to Robert Williams and Grant Williams from the Celtics? They're very good. Mm. Dennis Pizarka, Kasha Katz, Colin McDonald, all of you guys. You guys are the lifeblood of this channel, and we love you guys so very much. Yeah, if you guys are wondering what names he's reading, those are our members. And you know what? If you if you do not want to be a member right now, that is fine. But another way you can support this channel is to smash that like button every single video. Right now we have, what, like 600 people here in chat, almost 700, but 120. 
26 likes. I think, again, I think today, we didn't quite get there yesterday, but I think we can get to 1,000 likes today. But I need all of you to smash that like button. And if you are not subscribed to this channel, consider hitting that subscribe button. Nice and free and easy. And hopefully it brings you no pain. And then if you're thinking, what else can I do? Of course, you could go ahead and hit that join button. Join our community that daily is interacting together to equip themselves for, for being successful in the crypto market. But speaking of crypto market, let's go ahead and look over at coin market cap just to give a quick rundown on what's happening here. After we had some green 24-hour charts yesterday, it is significantly red this morning. Bitcoin in the last 24 hours is down, getting you know right there between 8 and 9, 8.49%. Ethereum's down 8%. Binance, even after their bullish announcement, maybe partnering with Elon for Twitter, down 6%, uh, almost 7%. We got XRP down 5 Solana down 10 Luna down 7 Cardano sitting closer to that 10% level as well. We might discuss that a little bit. What's interesting is despite the fact that Bitcoin is setting some lows, more recent lows, Cardano is staying above the low they set last week. Could there potentially be something like Cardano? We're not going to talk about that here in the show, but you guys know we love us some Cardano here, not because of what the price looks like right now, but because of what Cardano is building on their platform and what the future looks like with them. But for right now, it's in the red. Let's look at some of our biggest movers, and I'm, I promise you it's probably not going to be very big. Yeah, Anchor Protocol right here is the biggest mover of the day, only up 1.36%. That's not really that significant, but I bet you when we click on this link over here, there we go, Steppin. I don't know if I've ever heard of Steppin. I, I think that I definitely heard of Zilka, uh, but down 27% Steppin, and then Zilka down 19%. This was a big red day. ApeCoin, one of the new hottest ones, jumping all the way to 31 on the coin market cap rank, is down 16%, but a lot of you guys know sometimes, not all the time, not not every single moment, but a lot of times these coins, and you see 24 hours of a significant red, they could be sitting in some really good buying opportunities. That's not financial advice. Go to your own research. Make sure you like the project, but this is a great place to start when you're looking for new projects to invest or to trade in. Look at ones that have recently had a good little drop. Now, the other thing that I want to look at before we jump on the charts and before we talk about everything happened price action is the fear and greed index. This morning, we're sitting at 22. Yesterday, we were sitting at 27. So there's a good little drop right there. But I like to scroll down here and look at this chart right here. Go to the, we'll go to the monthly chart. And let's start back at the three-monthly chart. So, of course, we did have a nice little rally back here in March that was coinciding with that recent, again, not all-time high, but more recent to high uh, back when we were kind of getting close to flirting with $50,000, but of course, we're coming back down. We are flirting right around that 20 level. Now, you guys can see we've been hovering here for the last couple of months. If I were to back it out, go to one year, one max, a lot of times when we're down at these levels, we might have a little bit more pain to go down to the lower teens, but we're getting close as far as fear and greed index to being at a spot where we're oversold and people should buy. Again, a lot of people, we read this metric to talk about where the, where the, where the whole market is as a whole. Are they afraid of buying? Are they overly prideful. When we see the market this low and we see the fear this low, it, this metric right here in the orange, extreme fear, a lot of times us experienced traders and investors know that is what is telling us it's a good time to buy, a good time to invest. But we'll look at the charts and news to update that. I do want to throw it to Kelly though, because Kelly, we haven't got to talk to you since Tuesday. What are your thoughts when you see this fear and greed index, when you're looking at coin market cap and you're looking at these red candlesticks, what's your thought about the overall market at this time? Oh, do we still have Kelly? Yep. Oh, there you go. 
Am I unmuted now? There we go. Can you hear me? <laughs> it's like the old, uh, it's like the old Verizon commercials. Can you hear me now? Well, what I see in the market and how uh, the way I like to look at the fear and greed index basically is exactly like this right here. Uh, that is the wrong screen. Ooh. Uh, sorry about that. I got too many screens here. Uh, how I look at the market is uh, like this right here. Uh, th this is the fear and greed index plotted over price. And you can see these red areas, these or dark orange areas, this is when the market is most fearful. And look, look at what happens with the price. That's usually after following a massive capitulation. And that spot is where the smartest buyers uh, or in some cases, the luckiest buyers make their purchases. And so there's a lot, we're basically in this zone right now that is uh, prime buying opportunity, especially with some of the metrics we're going to go over later in the show with some of the on-chain metrics showing some massive bullish divergence going on with the fundamental metrics uh, as well as going into the thing. But the last thing I'll show here is uh, uh, this right here. So, you know, we have a lot of, this is all coin market cap uh, of all altcoins, not just, uh, not, not Bitcoin, just all altcoins, but we're in a very bullish setup. We just get so fearful anytime we get near resistance, uh, or sorry, lower support, we think it's over because we dropped from this previous high uh, resistance level. And, you know, we're doing the same exact structure. And so there's a lot of stuff that we're going to go over in this uh, in this uh, uh, video, uh, in this uh what do you call it? Coffee's and crypto. Show. I haven't I haven't had my coffee yet today, but hey. uh, there's a lot of there, I'm still very bullish on the market, and there's a lot of structures yeah. we haven't broken. We'll dive, dive into those next. Yeah, and you know, as, as we start to transition, and we're going to be moving on to the charts to look at the charts and uh, kind of take on why Bitcoin crash and is there hope for a relief. There's a lot of things that I've been mulling over even in my mind, and we'll we'll unpack this as the show goes on, but. Again, as we expected, I talked about this in the intro, when we had that Fed announcement come out, there was a lot, it wasn't just our channel, it was a lot of different channels saying, if we have 50 basis points, the pain has been worked into the price, we're gonna be going to the upside, and we did it first, but was that simply just a bull trap? Was this almost like a, hey, let's, let's we'll price it in, we'll make everyone comfortable, we'll get the levels that we need to go bullish, and then we'll fake them out and drop down, and then potentially, and this is where you're starting to get into this whole game of how the mar market gets manipulated, how it moves, are we potentially setting up a bear trap to then later set up another bull trap? Is this going to be a constant, again, bouncing back up and forth at one moment, pumping the whole market with FOMO where people want to get invested because they think it's great prices. They think we're going back up to 50, if not new all-time highs. And then we get to a certain level where they're confident and the FUD enters the space. The market comes back down. People start to freak out. They're asking questions like, is Bitcoin going down to $10,000? Do I need to just go ahead and take profits? Liquid, you know, get, get rid of all my Bitcoin and then try to buy in lower. These are the questions that people are asking and I want to do the best of my ability and the rest of this team to help ease those fears and keep people's minds fixed on the long-term goal. But let's look at the charts real quick. The first thing that we just need to identify is in the last two days. I'm just going to start here on the daily chart. In the last two days, we are down. If you guys were in up here, if you had entered a trade, if you had gone, because there's, again, a lot of thought that potentially we could be rallying back up in the 40s, we are down right now over 10%. We're down 10% and a lot of people are freaking out. If you guys go onto Twitter, if you go onto forums, there's not just people talking about 30 anymore, 20 and 10,000 are also starting to ring. But there are some things on the chart that actually might give us some hope that there could be a turnaround. I'm gonna go all the way down to the one hourly chart. Sometimes I start down here, sometimes I don't. But I put this out on my Twitter this morning and people uh, need to realize, 
first of all, this significant level, this blue line right here, is significant as far as Fibonacci retracement goes. This is the 0.786 level. If you're wondering how I got that, if I pull up my Fib tool and go from the bottom wick that we had back in January all the way to the top wick that we had back here in March on my birthday, you're going to see it's right there, that 0.786 level. That is where we are currently at. We are bouncing. What's kind of cool, if you look at this golden pocket right here, which Kelly did update me, and I've potentially at times been using that wrong, the golden pocket sitting right here between 0.618, 0 0.650, we did have that original bounce right into that zone. We hovered, but of course, this crash has brought us lower. So now we are holding to 0.786. If that cannot hold, now we're starting to explore 34,000, 33,000, 32,000, and maybe even lower. But for now, we got to keep our eyes on this blue line right here, 0.786. And if I go down to my hourly chart, the reason why there might be some hope from a technical analysis standpoint is this right here, pulling up my RSI and looking at this. Now, you guys are going to see, I'm going to make this so you can see it clearly. Let's see. I'm going to get this a little larger for you. There we go. I'm going to get rid of this line because I want to redraw it. That's when I drew this morning and charts have changed just a little bit. Here's the point when I bring up my RSI divergence. A lot of you guys know, oh my gosh, Tim loves him some divergence and there's a very good reason why. I even saw one person say that they started a drinking game every time Tim says bullish or bearish RSI divergence. Uh, they uh, they like to take a sip. Well, we, we sip coffee here, so... Uh, you guys can get a lot of drinks this morning. But right here on the hourly chart, what we have is a continual downtick in price. So we have red candles right here matching our low points on RSI, but the price has continued to come down. Now, it's not over yet. We do have the most recent candle right there is green, but that could change very quickly. Candles do change. I want to see a couple confirmations of those candles to say, all right, this is taking a break. But notice what the RSI is doing. It's the exact opposite. Again, these candles match up with the low part on the RSI on the hourly chart down here around 14 again just alone on the RSI means massively overextended. But now that the price is dropping, the RSI keeps going up. This is what we call strong bullish RSI divergence or a change in the direction. This isn't perfect, it's just an indicator. But what this is showing us is that potentially, even though the price is coming down, power on the hourly chart is starting to shift from the bears to the bulls because clearly the bears had the momentum. I made a video last night where we talked about these three candles right here, what is known as a black, uh, uh, yeah, a three black crows. The reason why I said in the video, we used to do candlesticks in black and white. The green is now, we now call it green, but it used to be white candles. We now have red candles. They used to be black, but these three black crows are momentum builders for the bears changing the direction. We were moving up, kind of got boring and then came down and now we're starting to do the exact same thing. If I pull up my volume, we're going to see that while we had a spike in volume right here, it got a little boring. And now as volume starts to pick up, we're going to watch and see, do the bears pick up where they left off? Or is this volume coming in going to be the bulls starting to make at least a part-time relief rally? This is the hourly chart. Things can change very quickly. This could tell us the next five hours. This could tell us the next 24 hours, or it could change very quickly as these candles turn red. But for right now, there is hope. There are signs that the bulls in the short term could be kind of rallying a fight against what we see happening with the uh, with the with Bears momentum. Now, the other thing I want to pull up, and I'm going to jump straight to this, is the Lux Algo. The Lux Algo is also one of our favorite indicators here on this channel because it is phenomenal at helping us determine what is happening next. The first thing you notice on the hourly chart, we are dropping significantly down here. There is a chance, and this is the, 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 the thing that's on the market right now, the hourly chart. We're going to see it when we move to the four hourly chart as well. There is a chance, this reversal zone right here, we could be be dropping down to the 30, the low $34,000 levels today. I'm not going to count, you know, gonna count those chickens before they hatch, but it's something you need to be aware of that Luxago is giving us that range. If I move up to the four hourly chart, 
we're going to see something similar. Uh, so you got to wait for it to load here. There we go. This is where I start to see maybe a little bit more of a bullish picture. We're not at the deepest zone of this reversal, but you're going to notice if I back this up, the way this chart works, you never, and again, if, if someone finds an a place where this is wrong, please correct me, but we never move outside of these uh, these reversal zones. The way the, the metrics and the, the science has worked into it, these are the indications of strong levels of resistance. They don't have to go in there, but when we go deep into these reversal zones, we're probably going to see a reversal. When we are at the top and we hit the red ones, we come back down. When we're deep in the green, this is a sign that at least we're going to be moving sideways for a time to get some breath and move uh, in maybe a more bullish track. Uh, area. So right now, this is a sign again from a technical standpoint. I do like what I see on Lux Algo's 4-hourly chart, as well as we're also going to see longer time frame bullish divergence on these charts. I guess this 4-hourly uh, chart might not be the best one to look at. I'm going to go up to the 12-hourly chart, kind of split between the daily and the 4-hourly. You're going to notice we still have some bullish divergence forming there. We had this last candle here green. If we can continue to close that candle as green, which the hourly chart is showing us, there is a strong chance we could. You're going to see very clear bullish divergence forming right here where the RSI is moving up, but the price is clearly still coming down. Again, Bitcoin crashed, and we're going to talk about why that is in the news section because from a technical standpoint, we weren't quite ready for it. But what we do see on the technicals forming is that there is a sign that the bulls are going to have a fight. We see it from normal technical analysis. We see it from Lux Algo, but we do want to continue to prepare ourselves and, and say that there's still a chance. We don't want to not have a plan for if we do break through that 0.786, but as it stands right now, you all also shouldn't be freaking out and selling your holdings because you're anticipating a drop down to the 30s by the end of the day. But I want to go ahead and throw it to Kelly because it's not just normal technical analysis and Luxaga we like to look at. I love also hearing what Market Cypher is saying, and that is one of the fields that I think Kelly is really, really talented at reading. Kelly, what is, coin, or what is Market Cypher telling us about this price at the moment? Of course. Yeah. And again, shout out to, to anybody that uses market cipher is interested in it. We, we definitely have a link for it down the bottom. I love it because it, it incorporates everything. It incorporates everything from money flow to RSI to momentum. It's basically all the indicators basically compressed down into one, all the ones that you primarily would use. And what I'm seeing on it right now, interestingly, is uh, these lines right here that are these uh, vertical lines that I've drawn are when the RSI has reached the level that it's at right now. This is, I'm looking at the daily chart. So this level that we're at right now, the last uh, three times that it's really reached this level, you can see basically was when we had the market capitulated down to its local bottom and then rebounded up from there. And now I'm not saying specifically that because we're at, we're getting down to this level that we're going to fully rebound from here, but it's statistically based when we're looking at any sort of te uh, technical analysis, when we're trying to figure out what likelihoods of things are. This is something that we look at. So the RSI is at a very, very low level. Uh, they, they are a bit split, so it's not in full agreement yet. So I would like to see those come together. Mm -hmm. The mo The momentum waves, are still coming down, as you can see right here. Uh, this is uh, extended further down. The VWAP is down. So there's very bull, uh, bearishness uh, being painted in the metrics on on uh, market cipher. But that has to be, you don't look, just look at the RSI, uh, sorry, just look at the indicator on uh, whatever indicator you're using. You want to look at that in confluence with your traditional TA as well. And much like uh, Tim pointed out, we have this, this channel that we've been in that we broke through, but we have this massive channel uh, support 
support line all the way back uh, from J- uh, June of 2021 that we're still above here. And we're f- sort of retesting this this trend line that's uh, acted as a resistance here, resistance here, uh, support, support, you know, and so we're, we're testing this to support right now. So we still have room to the downside. And the number one thing I'll point, point out here is that this right here, this low, this is our, uh, our next macro uh, lower low that we, until we overcome this, I'm still absolutely bullish because we're mm-hmm. still within a bullish structure. Now, the last thing I want to point out is coming down here to the four hour. Uh, and th- this is uh, looking at uh, not only market cipher, but uh, traditional TA. I'm not sure where, where my indicators have gone, but <laughs> if you, if you go to your four hour, t- there you go. If, you, uh, if we see here, look at these volume candles. This is an interesting sort of thing we're seeing. And I'm actually going to go to a different chart here. Uh, it doesn't matter what chart it is. Uh, let's go uh, hide hide drawings. Uh, so there we go. So we can see here, we're, we're having a huge spike in volume on these four hour candles. Uh, the highest point that we've seen since uh, this is all the way since what is this all, uh, all the way back in January 2022. So we haven't had this high of a capitulation with volume all the way since the, the basically the beginning of the year. So there's a lot of uh, so one of the reasons that I, I do want to point out, I don't think I have the metric up, I could pull it up quite quick is the uh, is the liquidation data, which informs this sort of narrative right here. When we look at the four hour candles here, uh, we can see that yesterday we have met, this is not from spot trading, people capitulating, just exiting their positions. This is people being forced to exit once the price got pushed past their liquidation zones because they were too, too bullish with leverage. We need to get out of this leverage game when we're in this sideways market right now. There's no leverage needed. Let the market pick a trend and then move forward. So that's the stuff that I'm seeing with the market cipher and the liquidation showing why just from a uh, a trading standpoint, why that why those candles capitulated so quickly. Yeah, no, I forgot what I wanted to also talk about. Kelly, thank you so much. By the way, if you guys want Market Cypher, I know that's not one we do every single day on the channel. It is still very good. There's a link in the description down below. You can go purchase that as well. And there's some great videos out there teaching how to use it. A lot of people use Market Cypher to trade and make a lot of money. And again, we talked about this on the channel now the last couple of days. While I personally believe this decision coming from the Fed will delay $100,000 on Bitcoin, it will give a longer time frame for us to gobble up supply and also will still be accompanied with nice volatility for traders, but you want to make sure you have all the tools that you need to do it. So therefore, having things like Market Cipher, Luxalgo, understanding technical analysis, those are the tools you need to read that volatility so you can buy those bottoms, sell the tops, and make some profit. Uh, but what I wanted to show right here on the chart, if you go to my chart here, uh, Smay, is of course another thing that we're keeping an eye on on the charts when it comes to the whole crypto market, but specifically Bitcoin. And that is the Dixie. The Dixie is something we are going to be keeping our eyes on because it's moving. I'm going to show you guys these charts back to back. They literally move in opposite directions. That's This is the Dixie right here. This is Bitcoin right here. Notice it almost looks like an exact flip of price action. I talked about that, that hourly bullish divergence that we have forming on Bitcoin. Look at what we have forming on Dixie itself. We have the exact opposite. We have this bearish RSI divergence forming. So this is that peak right here in RSI coming down. But notice in those same time frames, the price is going up. And what's cool about the Dixie is it's not just on the hourly chart that we're seeing this. We're also going to see this form 
formula. I got to get rid of my, these lines so it's not so messy. We're going to see this forming on the four hourly chart. The four hourly chart has the exact same thing. Look at how overextended on the RSI we got over here on the 27th of April. We clearly still have a decrease. And what I was waiting for the other day that we weren't sure about yet but it did happen. This nice red candle right here did give us a confirmed peak for our RSI. So this is not just speculative bearish RSI divergence. This has become confirmed. This is not saying that we can't go up one more time, but it is saying expect the Dixie to reverse here within the next couple of days at the latest. Uh, latest. latest. Uh, and what that means, and again, if we're doing then holding Bitcoin as the inverse of this price action, this is another sign, not just looking at the Bitcoin chart, but looking at Dixie as well, that Bitcoin could be seeing a relief rally happen on the charts coming very soon. We'll talk more about the news here in just a couple of minutes. But another thing I want to just hint at, as I just said, this is a season where we are going to still be able to make money through trading. You're still going to have a lot of opportunities to invest in projects that they're low. And there's another tool that I have been using recently that has been super cool to help me uh, to help me know when it's coming and what's best. And that is token metrics right here. Now, I've talked about this a little bit before. This is is an amazing tool that starting off the bat, this is what you're wanting to look at. These green numbers right here are telling you a rating on how they've taken fundamental analysis, on-chain analysis, they've looked at they've looked at community engagement, they've looked at everything that you need to know, especially if you're new to crypto space, to give you a rating on is this coin or is this project worth investing or trading right now? And anything above 75 is a phenomenal place to buy. Anything below 35, you're probably looking at either selling or at least holding off. At the moment, if I were to go to Bitcoin, for example, there is not a recommendation to buy Bitcoin. On the daily, we have 26%. On weekly, we have 28 On the monthly, 31 So it's starting to get a little more bullish on the monthly. But as it stands right now, when they're comparing all this data, they're not necessarily recommending token metrics to go buy Bitcoin. And a lot of you can say, okay, that makes sense. But what is potentially a project that is looking kind of attractive right now, at least to me it's sticking out, is because while I don't recognize a lot of the names on here, especially when I see one that is doing well, I love to look at it. And one of them is Tron. So let me see if this pops up here for just second. Tron has an 88 rating right now on the, the site. Monthly is not necessarily as bullish, but as we get to the daily and weekly, these are great ratings. This chart is saying, hey, if you're looking for a coin to invest in right now, if you're looking a coin for a coin to trade, this rating is really high. And if I go over here and I type this into my, let's see, TRX, USD, if I type this into my, on my chart, look at the price action we've had on Tron recently. This is actually very bullish. Now, I realized Tron was bullish because of token metrics, but then coming over the chart to confirm this would have been a great opportunity. And you guys can see, even as Bitcoin has been dropping the last couple of hours, Tron has been rising. So this is a super cool tool, a uh, super cool tool. Well, I said it right. You said it right. It didn't sound right coming out of my mouth. But it is a super cool tool. If you guys want to sign up for Token Metrics, another link down in the description below. I love this, and it's, I'm using a lot more of it as I, especially in this season where maybe we should not be expecting all-time highs for Bitcoin. If I want to make a lot of money, I'm going to have to be doing it through trading. This is a tool I'm going to be using each and every single day. But let's go ahead and enter some chat. Let's look at what they're saying before we jump into our news and reasons why Bitcoin probably did crash and what might bring a relief. Uh, I think T Shrooms got the super chats today. And T Shrooms got the super chats. Hey, That's come right. Terran Crypto donated $5, and it's a question for Kelly. So, Kelly, will be kicking it over to you. Do you see the 800 EMA on the BTC one hour? It's shown a lot of relevance the past few weeks. LLAP, it means live long and prosper, Tim. Kelly? 
Yeah, <laughs> well, first off, one of the things that uh, that we have to remember, a lot of people get confused about what moving averages are because they'll see like a 200 moving average or a 14 or a 20, whatever the moving average is. That's a period for the time of what chart you're on. So if you're looking at the 800 uh, moving average on the one hour chart, if you divide that by, if you multiply that uh if you divide that, if you divide that by 60, then you get what that moving average would be uh, on the on the daily, I believe, uh, or something like that. Yeah, my, my, my math is messed up in my head. So I believe that's uh, let me do the math right now while we're live on on air. I think the 800 it's, it's divided by 24, actually uh, divided by 60 and then 24. Uh it's it's it would be uh, one of the moving averages. I don't look at long term moving averages on an hourly chart because it would make more sense if you're looking at a long term moving average uh, to go onto a higher time frame chart like a four hour, or one day, or one uh, two day, three day, and then look at uh, a midterm time frame on that. That that's going to give you a lot more relevance. Uh, if you're trying to snipe things like you're doing uh, scout positions and stuff like that, then it, it's going to be much more relevant to look at time frames on that chart that are going to be. Uh, you know, the 14, 21, 55, 100, 200. Uh, I wouldn't go over that on a smaller time frame chart. That, that's how I would use those moving averages. Hmm. Any Very other, good. Any other super Very chats? good. We've got one more super chat from Yoshi84 donating $10. What are your thoughts on XDC? I've taken some time to look into XDC. I'll go ahead and answer this one. It looks not terrible. Uh, it's in the top 100. It's, it's currently number 85 on corn market cap. Um, and it's it's got an interoperable smart contracts platform, and it's a hybrid blockchain. It looks like it's a it's a bespoke fork of Ethereum. So there's some some interesting things that might might be uh, interesting to you watching. But uh, that will conclude yeah. our super chats for I the think, moment. I thought we had one that just came in here a second ago from it Elliot. Looks like it Elliot it Locke. looks like that's the case. I'll Elliot. read it because I think he's saying he's saying this to me. So I disagree with the crash term, Tim. I respect that statement. Uh, someone in chat said I was thinking it. Crypto is on sale. Crypto Casey has a recent video that shows wealth is made in the bear, not the bull market. What are your thoughts? First of all, shout out to Crypto Casey. I actually watched that video that you you showed me, Elliot. I thought it was a great video. I do think there, there are some simple things in that video. But of course, she's talking to both experienced and new investors as well. She made some great points. So shout out to Crypto Casey. It's actually another person I would love to have come on the channel at some point. We can interview. She sounds like she has an amazing head on her shoulders, has some great insight into the crypto space. And as far as the first thing you said, I disagree with the crash term, Tim. I respect that very much. So again, crash is a term that is, it, it, there's a, it depends on how you define a crash. And it also depends on where we're going to. So I'm going to, you're, anyone is welcome to call it whatever they can. I will agree with you, this is Bitcoin on sale. But here's why I might say that the people who call Bitcoin a crash will have some weight. Go to my chart real quick here, Smay. The first thing is, even though a lot of people are referring to the last couple of days, the last two days to be clear, we have not set a higher high in the last month and a half since March 28th, my birthday. Uh, that's uh, sex that my uh, birthday had to be the start of something terrible. But if I'm going to look at the price action since that date, this high back on March 28th, and I come down to where we are currently, we are down 25%. Now again, crash is a definitional term. How, how you define it is up to each individual. 
I sit in the boat of saying when you're starting to get close to 18, 20%, that's when you can start throwing the term crash in. But here's another reason why I think the word crash could be legitimate. And again, I'm not saying you have to call it this, but it's not just that we're down 26%. It's also that we broke out of patterns and the way we broke out of them was bearish. This is considered an ascending uh, trading channel. Whether I wanna use the red line for support, or the yellow line. I've seen it both ways, depending on what technical analyst is using it. But either way, the breakout of these from a technical analysis standpoint is bearish. And the way you determine that is by saying, all right, if I look at the width of the channel, and I'm gonna start with the red, and I'm gonna go right here. So you guys have been watching for the last couple of days. I've talked about this, but I just wanna refresh it. If I'm looking at this, this is my predictor. If I'm gonna just read technical analysis, I'm gonna take this red line and put it at when I broke bearish out of this line. And guess what that price gives us? 32. So if I were to take that for consideration and say, all right, where's Bitcoin? How far will Bitcoin be down if I had bought up here or sold up here? We're going to have over a 30%, 32% dip. I think that 32% is enough to say crash. I'm not necessarily saying that means bear market. I think you need to see heavy percentages for a bear market. And I think our channel's kind of gone on record by saying we're not going to call this a bear market until we get below 30%. 30,000. If we go below 30,000, I am willing to confess, I think this is a bear market. I don't know how much lower we have to go after we get below 30, but I will I will concede to that point. But what I'm going to give people credit for that call Bitcoin what we're going through a crash is this is looking like, depending on how you define it, a crash type circumstance. Here's the issue though, is crashes bring amazing buying opportunities. So I think it's fair to say this is both the crash and Bitcoin on sale. I do think that they don't have to be uh, mutually exclusive. I think they, they can work in tandem. So uh, that's my take on that. Great question though, Elliot Locke. Again, it comes down to what personal opinion is, but is there any other super chats before we move on? No. We're, we're good? All right, well, before we jump into our discussion section, another word. Again, we are not going to be able to do anything that we do without these sponsors, but I want to talk more about iTrust Capital. Again, these, this company is phenomenal. We here at CryptoJeb use them because we care about our future, especially when you're looking at what we have happening in the economy right now. Again, with everything we see coming from the Fed, what we're about to talk about, what we see coming from the Bank of England, there is reason for concern about economic future. But what you need to do is prepare yourself for that future by hunkering down to make sure you're making money. We all know that crypto is the future, but a lot of people aren't preparing themselves for that. Well, that's the problem that I trust capital solved. They realized that people don't want to just put their money into banks, normal 401ks and a normal IRAs with the US dollar because that dollar is going to be worth a lot less come retirement. Crypto, however, you can put it into this IRA. You can earn benefits from it. You can also protect yourself from taxes on those gains. This is an amazing opportunity to legally, not illegally, legally make money without paying taxes on your crypto and set your future up for a great and bright time. The other thing is if you if you go right now, because they're a sponsor, the crypto IRA, if you sign up for the link in the description down below, the, you can get $100 of funding reward. So that's another incentive. It's not just that you can make money on your own money. You can make some money with that link down in the description below. I highly, highly, highly recommend them. Again, as much as they are a sponsor and help us keep the lights on, we only choose these companies that are phenomenal at helping you guys create financial wealth and financial sovereignty. So please consider that in the video, or sorry, 
sorry, in the, the day, go down the link description and sign up for them today. But let's go ahead and transition again. We have some two, we have two big stories, but we're gonna start with the first one, which is why I believe, and I think our team believes that Bitcoin did crash, because that is the question that we have right now. Why did Bitcoin crash and is there hope for the future? Well, this story coming from England, where is my articles go? I don't know what happened. There we go, Bank of England, here we go. So Bank of England hike interest rates to a 13 year high and sees inflation hitting 10%. So let's pause right there. This is a problem that I know I fall into, this is a trap I fall into, and I believe a lot of people do the same thing. We focus on the United States of America and the news and the surroundings of what happens here, but sometimes we forget to look at the rest of the world because it's a very, very big world out there. The UK or the or England is one of the other largest influencers on what happens in the world economics. So while we were all concerned about the Fed's announcement and what the US dollar is gonna do, the Bank of England and all of the people in the UK were concerned about what the Bank of England decided. And there's a really interesting details here, and I'm gonna be throwing it to Kelly and T. Shroom, get their take as well, but a couple of the key details is that the UK came out, the Bank of England came out, they're only raising their interest rates by 25 basis points. So that's actually not even as hawkish as what the Fed just did. What's interesting though, is the comments that they were made after, because just like the Fed, where we saw 50 basis points come out, which is an historic number, That's this is the highest inflation and highest interest rate hike we've had in a very long time, but we had very reassuring words coming from Jerome Powell, almost making it sound like the economy is still in good state. Even though inflation is, is gonna ruin some things, he's doing the best he can to tackle it. He did a very good job of soothing concerns from investors, even though we rose by 50 basis points. The exact opposite happened with the Bank of England, where they came out with only a 25 basis point rank, but then gave massive concerns about inflation, predicting that inflation of the British pound could hit 10%. I believe before the end of the year, Kelly, if I'm wrong on that, you can correct me, but we're sitting in this situation where it seems like we have some flip-flopping going between these two things. First of all, if I'm just looking at the numbers, 25 basis points versus 50, you would say, okay, the Fed was more hawkish than we had the Bank of England. However, when you look at the remarks and the statements made by the heads of these two organizations, the the statements made by the Bank of England were super hawkish, whereas the statements made by the Fed were super dovish. So while we did see a rally from the Fed news, the crash that we just saw could be because of a, of, of a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt coming into the space based off of what we heard from the Bank of England yesterday. I'm gonna throw it now to Kelly to get a little bit more details and your thoughts on why this is way more significant than a lot of people are giving it credit for. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you know, there's just, the perpetual pol uh, politicism of, of you know, especially in the U.S., of these people just trying to stay in power and not shake the boat. When in reality, what needs to happen is uh, a lot more aggressive stance on inflation and a lot more aggressive stance on rate hikes. Excuse me, one second. <coughs> and uh, see, the go. inflation just inflation just makes me want to cough because it. It's, it's, it's just something that uh, is, you know, I was talking last night on the crypto answered on our Twitter spaces and, you know, I, I made the comment that, you know, these, this, it's interesting with the Jerome Powell talking about how uh, and not only Jerome Powell, but Janet Yellen talking about how 
inflation was uh, going to be a temporary, transitory sort of thing, and it was going to uh, come back very, very quickly, be pulled back very quickly. And it's just, and the CPI numbers and all this stuff that's saying that it's even, it's saying that's 8%. You know, when these people, they can't see that inflation is happening. You know, I made the comment last night. It's like, have they not ordered anything at a restaurant or gone and bought something at any other, you know, you know, spot that they use, have frequented over time? Prices are up dramatically like in, i mean I, I buy lunch or dinner for my wife and i just on uber eats uh what used to be you know maybe uh 38 to 42 bucks is now like 62 to 70 dollars so there's massive inflation coming in and uh unfortunately uh, we had a very dovish stance we we had almost like this posturing a lot of people were thinking that there was likely that it could even be 75 basis point hike uh, uh coming in potential with this uh two days ago with that fomc meeting and it came in below that uh, but it was still aggressive. It was still another 25, uh, another 50 basis point hike on top of what we already had, uh, which brings us up to a total uh, of where we're at now. And uh, the crazy thing is they, then they come out and then they have a very dovish stance, which is very, it kind of let the pressure off the market for a second. But then the next day, of course, yesterday we had the Bank of England come in and they were a lot more honest saying that the inflation yeah. is likely going to be increasing to 10%. And the number one thing I want to mention about that is the fact that, you know, the Dixie is very relative to what's going on with the market when it's going up uh when it's going up i'm going to show this really quick when it's going up the other markets are going down as you can see this pumps everything else breaks down and the dixie the dollar index is not just some standalone thing it's a weighed against uh the british pound and the japanese yen uh being the two uh, largest components of it the british pound being i think uh, over 50 percent of what the dixie's weighed against so we have to remember that it's not just u.s policy that's having effect on world markets and so when the when the, the bank of england comes in and says that there's a you know inflation is going to go to 10 percent, that puts a huge sort of risk off mentality back onto the market so that, that i i can see that i can't see it as direct causality but it's hard not to correlate those two things being, uh, you know, that report coming out and the markets falling. Awesome. Yeah, no, I think I think the really interesting detail about that story, Kelly, again, as I said before, but you kind of even hinted at it, was that it, that response of like, it seemed like the movements, the, the decisions they made were super dovish in terms of deciding only to raise it by 25 basis points. Uh, even though there was a minority that wanted to raise it by 50, uh, they did kind of similar to what the United States did in the Fed, where there was a, they decided 50, but there's a minority that said 75. Uh, but yet their remarks afterwards was interesting because, again, they brought – it's almost like their announcement pumped FUD into the market versus the Fed announcement pumped FOMO into the market. But the the actual numbers of what they did, it should be the exact opposite. The, the Fed actually got a little more aggressive with the 50 even though we believe they should have gone 75. And the Bank of England said, OK, we'll, we'll go mild for now. What I think is really interesting, though, is, of course, because they talked about that concern of a potential 10 percent inflation. By the way, that's the concern we in the United States should have about our dollar as well. We just didn't get to hear that from the podium of Jerome Powell. That concern is actually uh, potentially going to be uh, something that we should focus on as we're looking at the value of these currencies. I, I would wonder if the 
even though the Fed announced that they're not even going to consider 75 basis points for a couple of months. And when I say 75, it's because right now they're kind of committing themselves to 50 or 25. Uh, potentially, maybe 50 or 75 basis point increase could be on the table for the Bank of England. But either way, this is an important thing to notice that, again, it's not just what the United States does. It's not just what the dollar is doing that will predict what crypto and what Bitcoin does. But crashes and dips can come from the other markets. And I do believe again, we're sitting on a place on the technicals where there's a lot of signs the bulls could recover. This crash, I believe, is due to the fact that we did have some FUD, and it might be legitimate FUD, but fear and certainty and doubt about the future of what the British pound might look like. But now let's transition. Now that we talked a little bit about why Bitcoin might have crashed, is there hope for some relief? And there's some interesting data coming from the job market in the United States. And I want to hear a little bit more about this from T. Shroom, because I believe you found that this morning. What are the data, what's the data points talking Talking about and what does this mean for the future of job markets in the United States, for crypto, and potentially decisions that the Fed might make over the next couple of months? Yeah, absolutely. So if you just uh, come to my screen, I've got it pulled up. So in the month of April, the non-farm payrolls uh, went up more than forecasted. So the forecast was 391,000 new jobs and the actual number was 428,000 new jobs. So that is overall very positive uh, for the United States. Uh, that does not affect the the uh, Bank of England's decision making. But yeah, yeah. So so that's a positive. It's a positive thing. And and the, also the unemployment rate um, pretty much stayed the same. It went up a tick, uh, one point. Um, so we'll have to, you know, that that's not as positive. But what that forces, and you can come back to me, what that forces the Fed to do is to kind of reconfigure, because obviously in their calculations, they were accounting for a uh, slightly lower uh, non-farm payroll, and they got a more favorable outcome. So they're gonna have to recalculate, and that, that could in, uh, in uh, effect how they go ahead and make their decision yeah. when it comes uh, a little bit later on uh, next month, which is actually uh, June 15th. And so if you, so, and then I also had a note on the, the federal, the federal bank of the England and the uh, bank of England, if yeah. you go to my screen, Smay. So, so now the fed, the U S fed and the bank of England are now sitting both comfortably at 1%, right? Uh, and these are the interest rates. Uh, so, and uh, but what you'll notice is that the second most powerful central bank, the ECB, which is the uh, the, in the European central bank, they're at zero. And I've got a chart pulled up over here. This is this is their historically they haven't moved their interest rate for many years. For what is that? Six years, six and a half. And so you can come back to me. So that so that's really interesting. We could start to see them um, start to hike their rates, although they have a they have that that war on their their northeastern front. So they're you know it would it would not be favorable for them to to raise their rates, but they may need to, and if their uh, inflation starts to run away. So keeping an eye on the on the uh, international uh, central banks is is very important. They have a huge effect, and right now the in my opinion, the biggest economic force is the U.S. central bank, mm. and and the English, or the Bank of England also has a an outsized impact as well. So we're keeping an eye on that. Uh, but for now, you know those jobs numbers are coming in stronger. Uh, Kelly or Tim, did you guys have any any thoughts on the job numbers? Well, what I was going to ask you right back was, do you think because when we listened to Jerome Powell's announcement the other day, 
it actually seemed like he was more willing to consider 25 basis increase in the future than he is 75. And of course, one of the major concerns of the economy is not just the inflation, in the, even though that should be the main concern. They also want to make sure they don't do it in a way that will hurt jobs, again, because that would make them look really bad or make people really upset with them. So could this be a factor that, that plays into them potentially getting even weaker than a 50 basis point increase? Again, I, my personal belief is that I think that we should go ahead and get the pain with done sooner rather than later, tackle inflation. Do you think that this could lead to Jerome Powell coming out maybe in June or July saying, hey, actually this month we're going to go a little dovish and we're only going to rise by 25 basis points? I think I think that's kind of what people are are considering. Uh, if you go to my screen, Smay, so I've got it I've got it highlighted. So the job gains have been robust in recent months. This is the second. So this is very important. This is the the Federal Reserve issues FOMC statement. This is from yesterday, at two o'clock. It's the second sentence. Is that uh, after he talks about the overall economy, which is the, referring to the GDP, he then talks about the job gains have been robust in recent months and the unemployment rate has declined substantially. So. You know this 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 would be this would be just more favorable so he would he would yes he would continue to be more dovish so it would it would he would be considering instead of a double stack 50 in june he would be probably now leaning toward based on this data we got today he'd be leaning toward something closer to not closer to but it'd be uh, 25 basis points so mm. you know if, if i'm one of his advisors that's what i'm thinking yeah yeah and i so. think that i think the significance of that question again I will save, I, I've, I've already voiced my thoughts, my concerns, my belief that we should tackle this sooner, but I'm willing to say, you know what, we're just gonna roll with what the Fed gives us and we're gonna plan accordingly. I could sit here and cry, I could sit here and fuss, the rest of us could do it, but ultimately I gotta get up, I gotta keep moving, I gotta make decisions and plans based off of this. Technically speaking, even though it would be terrible for my US dollars, even though I'm gonna feel the pain in the grocery store and at the gas pump and anything else I'm purchasing, uh, a 25 basis point, if we go dovish and we start taking steps backwards because of these concerns, or rather lack of concerns because the job market looks good, this would be bullish for crypto. This would be bullish for Bitcoin. Again, I still think that this response, we're going to have a looming pressure over, over us that at any moment due to this high inflation, the, the Fed could come out and crush us. I would rather get crushed early rather than later. Different take though. This could be massively bullish for Bitcoin. So why you should be caring about this point and these arguments is because this could bring a rally here in the next couple of months to Bitcoin as the Fed potentially continues almost this dovish slash let's kick the can down the road. I know we have some consequences we got to face at some point, but we'll face those another day. That could be big for Bitcoin, at least in the short term, but we will keep you up to date on what is happening on that. Now I want to throw it Kelly, because Kelly, this is one reason to believe that relief could be coming to not only Bitcoin, but the crypto markets. But on chain wise, is there anything that we're seeing on chain that could be showing that it might be time for the bulls to take back control? Absolutely. And just so everybody knows, you know, uh, I'm, I'm on the show uh, less often nowadays because I'm working so hard in the back end. We're in the middle of developing a lot for Club DeFi. In the fact, I'm working on an on-chain data analysis course right now for it. So with that being said, uh, first thing, we'll start with the chart. We haven't broken the, the macro bull, uh, but going into on-chain, I actually want to show this one first, my apologies, is this from TechDev right here. Uh, this is basically a supply last active one plus year ago. 
And the reason why this is important is because statistically people that are holders and they're not, uh, you know, trading in and out and, and uh, basically somebody just buying in like a new retail member, they're a lot less likely to sell, which means when there's, uh, they're a lot less reactive to price action. So when price action is volatile uh, in, in small little spurts, they're a lot less likely to, uh, to sell and capitulate. So as you can see right here on, on the, the peaks of this uh, orange cloud, this is supply last active for one or more years. And we're every time we hit an all-time high, which is also marked out by this orange oscillator, uh, every time we hit a new all-time high, look at where that is on the price action. This is of the, the majority, when you're having a growing number of long-term, very long-term holder in the market, it's putting, basically it's taking, it's, it's, it, causing that illiquid supply to go up because these are people that aren't selling. Uh, gives, it, it helps with that supply demand uh, mm. uh, 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 equation. And this is just price moving up and to the right. And then uh, next to that, we have reserve risk. We're, we've got the lowest spot that we've hit since October of 2020. And look, last time we hit this level, uh, when we're at this level, massive uptick, massive uptick. Now, could we go lower from here? Yes. But the thing about reserve risk is this is measuring the amount of risk that you have of price going down and the amount of asymmetrical opportunity you have with it going up. So the lower this is, the higher asymmetrical risk you have to the upside. Mm. And then the last thing I'll show is just this right here. Number of balance, number of addresses with balances over 10,000 Bitcoin. And this price is going down. What's smart money doing? They are just picking up like mad. And this is absolutely evident when you see accumulation addresses just going to the moon as price is coming down. These are people holding, not selling. So is there a, is there a bullish sort of outlook on what's going on right now? I would argue that it's the most bullish, fundamental, technical, bullish divergence uh, with mm. what's going on with price as to what you see on chain with how the activity and the maturity of the market that's coming yeah. into place right now. And I love, I love getting to take this, you know, if we did it every single day, it might be overwhelming, but I love getting to see these on-chain metrics because they're showing us a bigger time frame picture. They might not show us the difference between is Bitcoin going to rise or fall by $2,000 in the next couple of days, but it's showing us the overall direction of the market. And what's really cool, Kelly, you are working right now, finishing up all the notes for a brand new course on Club DeFi for on-chain. Is that right? Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm almost done with it now. Uh, we're just figuring out how we can uh, tie it all together. And uh, we, we'll be filming that as early as uh, next week. Man, I'm, I can't wait to get the, get that out there. But I want to go ahead and transition. Before we go into a couple more Super Chats here, there's an announcement we have. Again, here in, let's see, what are the dates of this conference? June 9th through the 12th in Austin, Texas, consensus is happening. And guess what? Some of our team is going to be there. At this point, I don't think Jeb is going, but Greg, our sales manager, myself, and Zach are going to be in Texas for consensus. This is going to be a great conference. It's kind of like almost the, the little brother to the Bitcoin 20, whatever it is, 2022, 2023, 2021. It's kind of like the second best conference I see. Again, 2022 is awesome. But there's going to be so many people there, and there's going to be so many different lessons to learn, people to connect with. I can cannot wait to get there myself and meet them, but also potentially meet some of you. So there's a link in the description down below for you to potentially buy tickets there. But what's even cooler is we want to give away two passes for some of our viewers to be able to go for free. And I'm going to tell you how you can enter to win. The first thing you have to do is you have to follow us. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel and then go follow us on Twitter. Retweet and tag a friend you'd take with you if you were to win those two tickets. And then the winners will be announced Friday, June 3rd at the end of Coffee and Crypto Show. So that is June 3rd is what in three weeks? Uh, just about <clears throat> something uh, a little bit longer. Just about it'd be exactly in four weeks. 
I, something like I that. Know. Something like that. Either way, well, it looks like a calendar. <laughs> you got some time to sign up. Make sure down in the description below. Go sign up potentially to win two tickets. And even if you don't get the free tickets, consider getting those tickets just to come see us and learn a whole lot more about crypto. You don't want to miss it. But let's go ahead and transition. What is happening in the chat, T Shroom, and what are some good questions being asked? Yeah, so there's one super chat, and then there's a couple of juicy chats that I have selected. Ooh. And first, we're going to start off with the super chat, and that is from Matt C donating $19.99. I wanted to thank you guys for showing up and delivering another great week of content, especially giving what you've had to deal with in your personal lives, keeping all of you and your families in our thoughts. Thank you so much, Matt C. Uh, again, those of you who don't know, Jeb is out because uh, he had a family emergency where his wife miscarried this week. Some of you guys know who've been watching. My wife miscarried last week. So that was, it, it's just so crazy that it not only is it the exact same thing, it happened to us back to back. Uh, just some crazy things, but we, you know, we thank you guys for your prayers and we continue just to be here because it's not just about us. This is about you guys as well. We want to make sure we bring you daily content, but thank you for your continued patience. Jeb will be back Monday. Uh, so, uh, that is, if you guys have been missing him, yeah, I can't wait to welcome him back on Monday. Um, yeah. So any other things in chat that you want to discuss? Yeah, I'm going to fly through these. So Boom. And I'm going to do this next one in a, a Scandinavian accent. So, Kasha Katz, I donated a $5 just oh to gosh. show a little love. So, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, and then also we had JT Skinner. There's just some comments on the, the economic stuff. JT Skinner, Fed hiked into negative GDP. Historically, mistake, yeah. but keep cheering on rate hikes. So, yeah, that, yeah that's I saw that one too. It's an, it's, an, it's an interesting take. And I'd, I'd like to know the historical uh, relevance of, of uh, hiking into a GDP. Hmm. Negative GDP. That's interesting. Uh, that's on the month, though, not an annual GDP. So, yeah, no, I, 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 this is something I've, I've become a lot more. My attention has become a lot more increased into economics as a whole. I'm even considering trying to, you know, if I ever go back to school and do some stuff. Again, not that I think that college is the end all be all. I think crypto is going to be proving us here in the future that there's ways to make money and to live your life without education, especially the way the current world views education. But it, economics is something that I have been very fascinated about that crypto has really awakened to me. I did take a class in college uh, about microeconomics. It was just a uh, elective, but it really, it was one of my, it was one of the funnest classes I took just getting to watch everything. It was microeconomics. But uh, yeah, JT, I would love to, if you want to send us over some of the details that you're looking at, some of those metrics and charts, I would love to explore them and continue to grow my thoughts and my education on what, uh, what things we need to look at in economics when it comes to crypto. Uh, I do want to notice real quick before we ask, do another chat. We got, we had 1400 people watching. We're still hovering right around 1400 people, but only 600 likes easily. I know we tried to do this yesterday and we didn't quite get there, but I know easily we can get to a thousand likes. And guess what? If you love this show, you absolutely probably already did smash the like button. If you haven't, this is your reminder to do so. And if you didn't like the show, you know, it's free. It's free to hit the like button. Uh, you know, it's it's nice. It's kind. You also could then go leave a comment in the comment section telling us what you disagreed with, what you agree with, what you want to see in the future. We are all about helping to serve you guys to the best of our ability so that you can become financially free. But uh, let us know. But start with a, a simple click of the like button, and uh, then we'll see where it goes from there. But T-Shroom, is there any other chat that you saw that was really interesting? We are about to announce our winner of the HODL trophy. Actually, we already have an announced winner, and that's easy. It was T-Shroom this week because he predicted 36.5. I predicted 35, so that cutoff was 35.7. It looked like this morning I was gonna pull the dub, but uh, last second it swooped in and you got the, you got the win. So here it is, the HODL trophy. 
bestowed upon its rightful champion. I'm here and I'm going to go ahead and give it the Friday kiss. And uh, yeah, I just want to first off thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I want to also thank uh, Lux Algo for uh, everything they do for the channel and for being such an awesome indicator. And the Academy. And, and I want to thank uh, also my mom and my dad who wow. nourished me from a young, a young age wow. and prepared my mind and my body for the trials and travails that I would later face. This is one such travail that we have trumped in the highest order. Wow. Well, congratulations, Teach Room. Congratulations on the win. You will get to hold that hodl trophy for a week. I'm coming for it next. I was so close. I was close this week. It was, it was right there. Yeah. But, you know, you guys just you need to step up your game. You know that that's what I'll say is I, I need to see you guys really step up and and hopefully next time you know have a little competition. It's true. It's true. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap out today's stream again. Friday, if you have not done it already, it is a great day to be a DCA'er for you guys. We're down low, and some people are scared, but that is the best time to buy. There's a lot of things happening right now. Bitcoin absolutely could keep going down, in which case I would continue to say it's a great time to buy. But again, do not ignore the signs that potentially, even though there's a lot of FUD in the market, a lot of times FUD comes towards the bottoms. I've seen people say, oh, no, the market looks ugly. Well, guess what bottoms look like? They they look ugly. You want to make sure you keep your head on your shoulders. Do not FUD out or FOMO in. Continue to learn how to read the metrics, the on-chain metrics, the technical analysis, the news. Decipher all of it together and make wise investment choices. That's all we have for you guys in today's video. We will see you in the next one on Monday. With that being said, have a great Friday. Peace. Enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJab. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacFee Media.